Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Secretary is attempting to bypass Congress on one of today's most debated policy questions, student loan forgiveness. After many failed legislative efforts, the Secretary seeks to write off nearly a half trillion dollars in loans for over 40 million borrowers. No statute authorizes this sweeping action. On standing, Missouri has the right to vindicate the harms to Mohila. Mohila is a state-created and state-controlled public instrumentality that performs the essential public function of providing financial aid to Missouri students. So this is the Solicitor General of the state of Nebraska. His name is uh, James Campbell. He is the other side uh, arguing against Elizabeth Prelogger, who is the Solicitor General for the United States of America. And uh, she is, of course, defending the Biden loan, partial loan forgiveness program, which is going to wipe out the student debt of a lot of people and significantly reduce the student debt of basically everybody if they have it through the federal program and not through other sources of lending. There were two cases yesterday. This is the first one. This was the big one, the two and a half hour one. Uh, the other one, the second one, I did not get a chance to listen to. It was about an hour's worth of oral arguments. That's the one where the individuals came and said that, look, because we did not have a chance to engage in public comment on this change, we were not able to give you uh, our case, basically, which would not be helped by your plan. And since we were not able to persuade you that our case should be covered and you should tinker with the plan, therefore, we have been disadvantaged. And in another case, because, you know, that that's basically their argument. OK, um, but that was only about an hour long. I didn't get a chance to listen to that one. It doesn't matter. Either one of these cases wins. My read is either one wins and the program goes away um, or at least has to you know be dramatically revised and we would see what happens then. But this is the first case. And as you heard there, the Solicitor General for Nebraska was arguing about Mohila. I know it's a weird word you've never heard before. Mohila is the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority. That's one of the largest holders and services of student debt in the United States. And uh, even though it's named Missouri, it, ha it operates in a bunch of states. And so Nebraska is in there defending, you know, <laughs> Missouri. It's just it's kind of a weird situation, which is part of the standing question. But what he says is, look, Mohila has a significant interest. The state of Missouri has a significant interest in Mohila. And this is going to massively affect their revenue. Therefore, we have standing, which was a key part of all of this. The secretary's program threatens to cut Mohila's operating revenue by 40 percent. That will directly undermine Mohila's ability to further its critical public purposes, and the state has standing to assert those harms. On the merits, this is a major questions case. A nearly half trillion dollar debt cancellation program is undoubtedly a matter of vast economic and political significance. And if you're wondering kind of what is the underlying question here, once you get standing, which is you can show that you are allowed to bring a court case because you have been actually harmed by the actions of the government. That's what standing is all about. Then you have to show that the program itself has either violated some rule or runs afoul of the Constitution. And the idea here is there's a thing called the major, quest major uh, questions doctrine that says that big decisions in government can't be made by the president. Big decisions in government, unless the Constitution specifically empowers him to make them, okay? If the Constitution does not empower him to make them and Congress doesn't pass a law empowering him to make them or her, uh, then he can't make them. Congress has to make big decisions. 
and a decision that's going to wipe away the student debt, ten or twenty thousand dollars worth of tens of millions of Americans, and cost the federal government four hundred plus billion dollars in debt obligations. It's not cash, but it is debt obligation. That's the kind of thing that Congress, who has the power of the purse, right, the power to begin appropriations, that uh, Congress should make that decision, not the Secretary of Education, not the President of the United States. That's the problem. That's the major questions doctrine. Okay, and that's the argument against this program. The act permits the secretary to waive or modify existing provisions because of a national emergency. It does not permit him to rewrite existing provisions to create a new program that covers 95% of borrowers and applies to them regardless of how the pandemic affected them. This court should declare this program unlawful, and I welcome the court's question. And remember, the premise of this HEROES Act was to help soldiers deployed after 9-11 who had student loan debt who would be adversely harmed by the fact that they got deployed into a, a war scenario post an emergency like 9-11, that it would you know, have the secretary the ability to um, waive some of the requirements and or pause and or reduce interest, you know, that kind of stuff, to help them not default. Well, then this got applied during the pandemic to basically everybody by Secretary DeVos, and then it got, you know, continued under the Biden administration and now being turned into it. We're going to resume payments. We're going to resume interest, but we're going to take ten or $20,000 off the top of your loan for some people a total waiver. That's what this is all about. 616 here on News Radio 923. I'll finish up the analysis here in a second. Candy's got traffic on the fives. Okay, not before I do this funny joke. <clears throat> nope, wait, hold on. <laughs> Mohila. I gotcha. Nice. <clears throat> Nicely are, done. I wish I'd have thought of it. It's good. Yeah, isn't it? Okay, so uh, roads are fine. We're not showing a, a whole lot. There's uh, debris in the roadway in Highway 4 and J and Stanton Road. Uh, certainly use caution there, as you can imagine. Oh, where are we? Okay. In Mohila! Mohila! There it is. Uh-uh. Come on, Pee Wee Herman. Not you. Michigan Avenue uh, and North, uh, <laughs> North W Street. Oh, man. Michigan and North W now showing a, a roadblock. So use caution. A vehicle crash with a roadblock. This just popped up. Again, that's Michigan and North W Street. Caution there. Caution wherever you are. 437-1620. Text if you see that accident or slow down. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Mohila! Mohila! Six- <laughs> so the argument is... Listen, the, the, the law allows the secretary to make waivers of certain requirements and or modifications to the program as it was actually enacted by statute from, from Congress. The argument against the program is, yeah, but canceling debt is not a modification. It's a slaughter, <laughs> basically. It's too much of an expansion at $400 billion. The argument from the other side, from Elizabeth Prelogger, the Solicitor General for the United States, is, this is just more of what we've already been doing. This is a smart way of doing what we've already been doing. We're um, going to get a massive wave of defaults if we don't reduce the principal and then we start re-implementing the loan payments and the interest because people were adversely economically harmed by the COVID pandemic and they're still suffering from that. That's their argument. What was surprising was um, Amy Coney Barrett, who uh, I think she agrees with Missouri and Nebraska on the merits, but the standing question was an interesting one because Mohila, the organization, was not there. The state of Missouri and Nebraska was there. And the um, the problem is that the state of Missouri created Mohila and made it an entity that, yes, is um, below the state in authority. It's a subsidiary unit. But it's very separated. Like, they don't share assets. They don't share laws. There's no liability. Like, if somebody sues Mohila or Mohila loses a bunch of money and it goes negative on the balance rolls, it can't come back on the state of Missouri. So they really created this separate entity. And if it's separate, then 
Missouri's not the one being harmed. Mohila's the one being harmed. Why isn't Mohila there? Elizabeth Prelogger admitted, agreed that if Mohila had been there, they would clearly have standing. So you have this problem of, like, the wrong people sued. That, and that's really the issue on standing in this case, is did the wrong people sue? Statutorily, Mohila has the right to sue and be sued. Uh, the state doesn't have responsibility for its liabilities, and the state has disclaimed any, res any claim to the assets. Is that correct? I would disagree with the last point. I don't think okay. the state has disclaimed any interest in the assets. So explain to me why. Well, he says, look, um, they could abolish Mohila and all the assets would revert back to the state. So if Mohila is financially harmed, then theoretically the state of Missouri could be financially harmed. I personally find that argument tenuous. I mean, I just I don't think it's a strong argument. I think really Mohila should be the one suing, not the state of Missouri. I tend to agree with that analysis. If I were sitting on the court, I would hate to do it, but I would probably vote against standing on this one. I, I mean, I just it seems like the wrong people are in front of the court here, which is the whole concept of standing. Though I hate this loan forgiveness program, and I do think it's unconstitutional, I don't think the right people came to court. The legislature could abolish an entity like Mohila, and if it did, the money would come back to the state. So the state does have the ultimate interest in the property of Mohila. To which Amy Coney Barrett says... Do you want to address why Mohila's not here? Good question. Mohila's not here because the state's asserting its interests. Mohila doesn't need to be here because the state has the authority to speak for them. And that brings me to... Why didn't the state just make Mohila come then? If, if Mohila is really an arm of the state and all of this would be a lot easier, I mean, the Solicitor General conceded that if Mohila was here, Mohila would have standing. If Mohila is an arm of the state, why didn't you just strong arm Mohila and say you've got to pursue this suit? Your Honor, that's a question of state politics, but we believe as a matter of law that the state has the authority to assert its interests. Pay no attention to the inconsistency behind the curtain. <laughs> like, that's not an answer, right? Well, that's a complicated issue of local and state politics, Your Honor. Um, no, that's the legal question. <laughs> like, you, I mean, seriously, this is what I'm saying. I would totally agree on the merits. I think this is unconstitutional. Or it, it's either unconstitutional or illegal, however you want to describe it. They're the same thing with different you know, laws being referred to. Um, and, but I would, I would deny standing. I think this is, they, they don't have standing, this particular entity. And she's right. You never hear Amy Coney Barrett get snippy. That's as close as she gets to snippy, where she's like, why didn't you just force them to come and do it if they, if they uh, obey you on everything? Well, you know, <laughs> that's because she's right. And by the way, just as a total side note, I know um, I, don't, I don't get into this an awful lot because we don't talk all the time about the Supreme Court, but um, I will tell you, Amy Coney Barrett, one of the best justices on the court. Fantastic hire. Fantastic appointment. Uh, Kavanaugh has been very, very good. And honestly, and I know a lot of conservatives uh, are going to, you know, had disagreed with me before that. But you remember what I said about Katanji Brown-Jackson? I said, if she's going to be the one to replace Breyer, you're getting an upgrade. People were so freaked out about her. She's been fantastic. I disagree with her a lot, but she's a really good justice. Very smart, asks the right questions, comes at things from a little different perspective, brings something to the table that other people don't bring. So even though I almost never am going to agree with uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson, she's a really good addition to the court. Yeah, honestly, Biden did really well in appointing her, frankly. 621 News Radio 92.3, I'm Andrew McKay. Research shows listeners prefer a personalized experience. So to help you remember, Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. We personalize this ad for Amber, who really misses boy bands from the 90s. Hey, girl. <laughs> I'm the cute one. Here to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. I'm the heartthrob. The only thing I love more than you is saving. And I'm the other boy in the band everyone forgot about. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support, datarevs.com. In a world of payroll and HR services, things can get complicated. There are so many moving parts in business. At Avalon HR, we understand and we have your back. Join us on the Pensacola Expert Panel as we guide you through the complicated world of payroll and HR services. Running a business is busy work. Allow Avalon HR to work with you. Join us today on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 10. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The Mobile Boat Show opens this weekend with all the new 2023 boat models and brands in one place for easy comparison shopping. One weekend only at the Mobile Convention Center. It's the biggest indoor show on the Gulf Coast with the best prices of the year on new boats, accessories, tackle, and more. Whether you fish the Gulf or cruise the bay, you'll find a boat that fits your budget. The Mobile Boat Show is the place to find all you need to get out on the water. And it's fun for the whole family. This weekend at the Mobile Convention Center. When breaking news hits, we're there to cover it. Fox News, WER TV, News Radio Team on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. I love it when a plan comes together. FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. I should add that, uh, that our work related to this continues. I will just make the observation that the Chinese government seems to me has been doing its best to try to thwart and obfuscate uh, the work here, the work that we're doing, the work that our U.S. government and, and close foreign partners are doing. That's Christopher Ray, a director of the FBI, talking on uh, Fox News yesterday to Brett Baer and uh, basically explaining, you know, in the wake of the non-release of the sort of sourced report that the Department of Energy had come out with this low confidence belief that it was a lab leak that led to the COVID-19 pandemic. And Christopher Ray is like, yeah, that's kind of what the FBI has been saying for a couple of years. It's not really news. We have a moderate level of confidence. Other intelligence agencies have said other things, right? That's There's disagreement about this. The Biden administration in its you know, overall capacity says they're not convinced that that's the truth. But we keep having this and China keeps protesting. How dare you? <laughs> you know, right? Okay, well, fair enough. 625 on News Radio 92.3. Candy's got traffic on the fives. Yes, I do. Uh, watching his accident. This is on a W in Beverly. And, and actually, it's a little west of uh, W in, in Michigan, Beverly, the same road. Uh, it, it's west of uh, W in Michigan, but uh, use caution there. It does look like a roadblock. Uh, single lane traffic on Lillian a little later on this morning between Blue Angel and 98 as they work on that road shoulder. 437-1620. If you have traffic tips, text them in. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Now into the newsroom with David Wayne and our headlines. David? General Motors cutting hundreds of salary jobs in a move to preserve cash and boost profits. The layoffs were announced internally on Tuesday. About 500 people uh, getting laid off there. 
President Biden will be in Selma, Alabama this weekend to take part in activities honoring the 58th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. The White House says the president will be delivering a speech during the Bridge Crossing Jubilee event Sunday at the Edmund Pettus Bridge, the site where civil rights protesters marching uh, for the right to vote were beaten by Alabama troopers in 1965. He's also expected to tour areas that were hit by tornadoes in January. And uh, there's a new poll out now showing former President Donald Trump with a solid lead over Governor DeSantis in a head-to-head matchup for the Republican presidential nomination. The U, uh, Yahoo News YouGov survey released yesterday shows 47% of Republicans and Republican-leaning independents surveyed uh, supported Trump as the nominee, while DeSantis had about 39% support. I think it's fascinating to watch how aggressively Trump is attacking DeSantis, who's not even in yet. Yep. Oh, <laughs> so, absolutely. like... You know, that tells me, I mean, the more you attack somebody who's not even a candidate yet tells me how scared you are. And rightly so. DeSantis is clearly the top threat to uh, Trump getting the nomination again. Well, but, and it's it's strange. These polls just keep flipping back and know, forth. You'll see one that says one thing and then another one that says the exact opposite. And yep. it's tough to see where that support's going. And Here, then, Fun fact, that's Andrew's favorite thing is a poll. Oh, yeah, I love polls. They're the greatest source of news ever. <laughs> I think they ought to be illegal, but, you know, whatever. I can't wave wave my legislative wand and make that happen. First Amendment crap. Uh, So, anyway, David, thanks so much for the update. CPAC also. Mike Pence is not going to CPAC. Ron DeSantis is not going to CPAC. They're not? No. Well, um, lots of thoughts here. One is because the CPAC leadership has been in turmoil for a while over some stuff that I'm not going to get into, but that's been an issue, okay? Also, frankly, um, I was going to see know, if I could go this year and cover it. I think I think Mike Pence uh, probably recognizes that going to CPAC is a bad bet for him in terms of reception because you don't, you know, <laughs> I know he, he'd probably get booed at CPAC, and you don't want to be like leading the news with them booing you. That's probably not great. Um, DeSantis, I think, just doesn't want to. He's he's not running yet officially. Yeah, but and, he wasn't running last year, right? And he doesn't want to get into the fight with Trump All right. right now. I think that's kind is of Trump what he's for thinking. sure going to CPAC. Oh, yeah, of course. of course. That's his people. Does he live there? Uh, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I want to go to uh, We had an announcement of sorts uh, on Monday from Collier Merrill, who is the uh, vice chair for the Triumph Board, and um, he, he, he kind of took a moment away from his regular remarks about the SD Engineering Project to talk about Lewis Bear. This is, this is I mean, here, I'll let, I'll let uh, Collier say it. I'm going to jump off script for a second. The... Uh David Bear's our chair. He's up with his father. He's not doing well. And so, if y'all know Lewis Bear, last time I was here, he's doing a ribbon cutting. And uh, Lewis kind of talking about he could do a lot of things. He's doing a lot of things that he's not going to see. But he did it. In his 70s, he was working. I remember 10 years ago, he was talking to Mayor Hayward at the time about when he, with uh, Lewis's role as PEDC chair of getting this thing going. And then he went on to become part of Triumph. And yeah, he's 82 years old. He doesn't need to do this, but he's doing it. But uh, he's having a tough time. And he's up with his family. And I'd like to do a moment of silence for Lewis Bear. Thank you. So yeah, some uh, I I I don't know more details. I haven't talked to David and talked to Collier after this, but you know, obviously, uh, Lewis is going through some very serious health issues right now, based on the way Collier's talking about it. So uh, be praying for him, and uh, you know, just thinking about their family. You know, obviously, major part of our community here in the Pensacola area. 
630 on News Radio 923. Uh, Chief Dan, Dan Helms from the, um, uh, oh, I always get their name wrong. Anyway, he's going to join us in a moment to talk about a bill that Michelle Salzman's running about recognition for the tribe. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. Millions of student loan borrowers now wait for the Supreme Court's decision on President Biden's student loan forgiveness program. Fox's Shannon Bream. Several of the justices had questions about whether these are the right plaintiffs. They can show harm and they can bring the case. If it gets to the merits, I think it's going to be a much tougher haul for this administration. Chief Justice Roberts brought up a scenario. What about two kids? One of them goes to college, takes out a loan for that. The other wants to start a lawn business, takes out a loan for that. Then the college guy has a chance at his loan getting wiped away, but the small business owner doesn't. Decisions expected by early July lie. At least 36 people are killed in a passenger train crash in Greece. It collided head-on with a freight train just before midnight. There was panic, says the survivor. It was chaos, tumbling over, fires, cables hanging, broken windows, people screaming, people trapped. Fox's Jonathan Savage, the, station's, the station master, is arrested there. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 631 News Radio 923. It is cloudy and 73 right now in Pensacola. The third pit bull involved in that deadly attack on a 60-year-old man on Norris Avenue last week has been taken into custody by Escambia County Animal Control. Deputies say they were able to make contact with the dog's owner on Tuesday. The other two dogs had already been taken into custody. One of them was shot and later euthanized after showing aggression towards a deputy. The investigation into the fatal dog attack is still ongoing, and so far, no charges have been filed against the dog's owner. A Milton man accused of an assault and attempted rape. 51-year-old Christopher Lido was arrested this week on aggravated battery and sex assault charges. According to an arrest report, Lido allegedly assaulted a woman, ripped off her clothing, and tried to rape her. That woman was able to briefly get away, and she says that's when Lido tracked her down and hit her in the head with a baseball bat. Police say they saw the knots on the woman's head and forehead, cuts on her face, and missing teeth as well. Lido now being held without bond in the Santa Rosa County Jail. A two-year-old child died in an Atmore man charged with reckless murder. This was after that child was left in a hot vehicle for several hours this week. Atmore police say 52-year-old Sean Roundsaval brought that child to the hospital about 4.30 Monday afternoon. The child was pronounced dead shortly after. Police say the child was supposed to have been dropped off at a daycare that morning. Rounds of all had apparently forgotten to drop the child off, left them in the back seat of the car. He discovered the child was still in the car when he went to pick them up from daycare that afternoon. Rounds of all now being held without bond in the Escambia County, Alabama jail. Eleven arrests were made in a child predator sting here in Pensacola this week. Well, as long as we have uh, Internet access, there's going to be... Uh, predators out there that prey on children, and that's what um, our law enforcement partners as well as the Pensacola Police Department are going to do uh, like we did on this one. We will continue to do them in the future, and uh, we have to uh, protect our children, and that's, that's, again, a number one priority. PPD's Mike Wood, he says this investigation was done jointly with the Escambia County Sheriff's Office, the FBI, FDLE, and the Department of Homeland Security. He says parents need to keep an eye on what their kids are doing online and also talk to them about the dangers of online Internet predators. We've got the names of those 11 men listed on the news radio website. A Republican lawmaker wanting to cancel the Democratic Party. Spring Hill State Senator Blaze Ignolia filed a bill yesterday that would decertify any party 
that once supported slavery. Under SB 1248, registered Democrats would become NPA or no party affiliation voters. The Democratic Party would be allowed to form a new party, but its name would have to be different. Democratic Party Chair Nikki Freed says the Republican Party should be ashamed of itself for initiating legislation of that magnitude. It is 634 News Radio 92.3. Uh, let's get a look at our traffic on the fives with Candy. All right. Taking a look around. Good news is there's there's not a lot. There's one accident, though, that you do want to watch out for, and it looks uh, like it's backed up in both directions, and this is uh, north well, it's near W in Michigan, but it's west of W Street, so it's on Michigan-Beverly, but just as you're coming up to that intersection, looks like it's uh, having some uh, trouble in both lanes. Single lane traffic on Lillian also. This is between Blue Angel and 98 as they work on that road shoulder. 437-1620 if you have traffic tips. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. We're going to be seeing a warm and humid day out there today with a 10% chance of a stray shower high near 78 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping into the low 70s. As you go into Thursday, we will have a small chance of an afternoon shower. Rain chance will increase throughout the evening hours. High on Thursday near 80 degrees. Overnight temperatures Thursday night near 70. Thunderstorms will move through throughout the overnight hours lasting into Friday morning. A few storms could be strong. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. 73, cloudy in Pensacola, 72 in Gulf. Breeze, 70 in Milton. Our next news at 7 o'clock. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 923. I'm Jennifer Koshenko with your money now. While U.S. offices are half empty three years into the pandemic, workplaces in Europe and Asia are bustling again. Americans have embraced remote work and turned their backs on offices with greater regularity than their counterparts overseas. U.S. office occupancy stands at 40 to 60 percent of pre-pandemic levels. That compares with a 70 to 90 percent rate in Europe and the Middle East and 80 percent in Asia. Workplace consultants say bigger homes, longer commutes, and a tighter labor market help explain why Americans spend less time in the office than Europeans and Asians. President Biden says he'll nominate Julie Sue, the number two official at the Labor Department, to lead the agency, maintaining continuity within a department that played a prominent role in averting a rail strike last season. Sue, the current deputy secretary, was widely seen as the leading candidate to succeed departing Secretary Marty Walsh. On Wall Street, features pointing to a higher open this morning. That's your money now. Three people you should be 100% certain about. Your barber, your plumber, and your tax pro. Switch to Jackson Hewitt and you can be 100% certain about your taxes. We'll get you your maximum refund guaranteed and we'll back your return for life. Don't be kind of certain or almost certain. Be 100% certain. Switch to Jackson Hewitt today and get 50% off tax prep. Limited time offer for new clients filing at participating locations. Max value $200. Visit jacksonhewitt.com 50 for terms. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed.
This morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 9. Join the Great Southern Restaurant Group, home to the Fish House, Atlas, Jackson's, Angelina's, and Five Sisters. They'll be discussing, coming up this month, the Atlas Beverage Class, Jackson's Cooking Class, and other fun things and promotions that you won't want to miss. That's all this morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel with Great Southern Restaurants. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. Mom, can we have some ice cream? I've got a better idea. Who wants to help me make something fun and healthy instead? Me! Eating smarter is easy and delicious. Interested in receiving healthy recipes and a whole lot more in your email? Then register at healthiestweightfl.com and learn more about all the small steps that you can take on the way to living healthy. This message is sponsored by the Ounce of Prevention Fund of Florida, the Florida Department of Health, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. What is News Radio 92.3? Informative, local, and dependable news from WEAR-TV and the News Radio News Team. Informative, local, and dependable talk with Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, and Bobby Rossi. Informative, local, and dependable traffic with traffic on the fives during your morning and afternoon drive. Informative, local, and dependable weather. Informative, local, and dependable coverage of breaking news and when disasters strike. That's what News Radio 92.3 is. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, 639 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's a Pensacola Morning News. Uh, I want to introduce you to somebody that many of you already know. Uh, it is uh, Chief Dan Skyhorse Helms. He is uh, the chief of the Santa Rosa Band of Lower Muscogee Indians here in the uh, in Santa Rosa County. Uh, chief Dan, uh, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. He's Jay. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I know you always bring the language, and I love it. I, every time I see you at an event or when you're doing a proclamation or whatever it is, you always try to educate. I'm very slow to pick it up, so I apologize. But, yes, welcome. Um, there's a bill that's been filed by Michelle Salzman, who is, of course, a member of your tribe. And I want to talk about that, HB 553. But before we talk about the particulars of the bill, I want to – do for the audience what you just did for me, which is basically quadruple my my level of knowledge in the course of about four minutes. Um, for people who may not know, uh, you are a um, a local Indian tribe based in Milton, right? That's correct. And is is there a land mass or is there a space where you own, occupy at all? Uh, we do. We uh, are in Milton off Willard Norris Road. And we have 95 acres of uh, land, about uh, 30 acres is uh, cleared, and the remainder is in uh, natural forest. Uh, We actually have property on both sides of Pond Creek for almost a half mile. And uh, so we also have uh, about a 4,000-square-foot Native American cultural center on the property, as well as uh, replica creek villages and uh, replica Uh, Creek Square Grounds, where we do teaching uh, to uh, folks who come out to the grounds and especially to the school children. Well, I feel very dumb because I believe that we have biked that area recently and I didn't come in to say hi and didn't do any, which I should have. I I definitely will get over there. Um, How many members of the tribe do you have? Um, Active members, we have uh, about 685. Okay. And... uh, 
they're mostly located in the Northwest Florida area. In fact, probably 60 to 70% of the uh, tribe members actually live within 60 miles of our tribal grounds. And then we have some that are over into the Alabama, and then we have some that are uh, have moved to other parts of the country for their uh, jobs. Okay, so about a third actually live outside of that zone, which to me seems like quite a bit, but uh, about two-thirds live within that zone. And again, just because you know, I think it's fascinating to understand, and I, I realized that as of 10 minutes ago, I didn't know a lot of things. That's why I'm trying to uh, share the information. Um, you, Most of the people do not live on the land that you own, right? That's correct. Um, we only have one person who lives on the land to as a caretaker. Okay, and, and, and the term that gets used about land owned and occupied by Indian tribes is a reservation. Is it accurate to call your land a reservation inaccurate? I just don't know. I'm asking. No, it is not a reservation. Uh, the term for it is igana, which means grounds. Okay. And um, people who are members of the um, the Santa Rosa Band of Lower Muskogee are citizens of the United States, citizens of Florida. Uh, is it a political entity with sovereignty separate from anything else, or is it not like that at all? Uh, it's not like that at all. Uh, of course, the people who live in Florida are citizens. Well, everybody's citizens of the United States, but those who uh, live in Florida are um, have the same rights, uh, as any other person who lives in Florida, there's nothing extra that we have. Uh, there is no sovereign immunity. Uh, sovereign immunity is something that comes with federal recognition, and that uh, sets up a governmental relationship between a tribe and the federal government. And so we have no no sovereign immunity, uh, and and we're not federally recognized, obviously. So is it, and you know, if I, and anywhere in here, if I get it wrong, you feel free to correct me, okay? But um, would it be fair to say then that, like Michelle Salzman is a member of your tribe, she is also, of course, a state legislator, um, and of course, a U.S. citizen. Um, instead of what people might typically think of an Indian tribe as being, that you are sort of a um, a family of relatives with history, tradition, and culture, and not political entity the way people might think. Of a tribe being is that an accurate way to describe it? Uh, yes, that's that's accurate. We uh, uh, in every member of our tribe uh, has to submit written documentation that uh, uh, is basically a chain of custody, if you will, uh, from that individual back to a documented Creek Indian, where they're documented on a. a a roll or a census or um, by some other way, we have a, a, a set of standards that are uh, have to be met to absolutely prove that you have uh, Creek heritage uh, before you can become a member of the tribe. Uh, we are pretty much all cousins in one way or another, so I guess you could say that we're a family in that respect, but we are certainly a tribal family. And uh, we uh, do what we can to look out for our, our folks and uh, uh, take care of them as, uh, in, in any way that we can. Well, I have learned more about your tribe in the last five minutes than I ever knew. And I really that's why I wanted to ask you, because I really, really appreciate you explaining that. 
which will set the stage for us to talk about this bill in just a moment. We're talking to uh, Chief Dan Skyhorse Helms uh, of the Santa Rosa Band of Lower Muskogee, and uh, we'll be back in just a second with you, Dan, while Candy gives us traffic on the fives. Just watching that one accident. Good morning, Chief. Uh, West Michigan Avenue and Clifton Avenue in Pensacola. It's a vehicle crash, and it was showing a roadblock just a little bit earlier. It looks like that has been moved off to the side. 437-1620 if you have a traffic tip. News Radio 92.3 Informative, Local, Dependable. Thanks so much, uh, Candy. Now back to uh, Chief Dan. Okay, so this bill... Bill, HB 553, would essentially recognize you by a government entity for the first time ever, and that carries benefits with it, right? Not not benefits from Florida, per se, but benefits in terms of other things, right? Correct. Um, the bill would uh, gives all the unrecognized Indian tribes and bands of Florida a pathway to state recognition. And with that pathway would come the ability or even the smallest of tribes, to have the same unfettered access to cultural programs, grants, uh, which are only at this time available to government-recognized tribes. Um, the, the bill is culturally based. Uh, what it does not do, it does not provide for any sovereign immunity, as we talked about. Uh, it does not provide uh, for any uh, gaming. It does not open the door for expansion of gaming in the state of Florida. It has nothing to do with that, uh, nothing to do with the sale of tobacco, nothing to do with the sale of uh, alcohol, no commerce whatsoever. Uh, the bill uh, doesn't in any way affect or change uh, or address uh, the curriculum in Florida schools, and it provides uh, – for no financial obligation from the state of Florida to any of the recognized tribes. So this doesn't do any of the what people might consider negatives or question marks, the things like casinos and that, all of that kind of stuff, or give you interest in land or anything else. It is purely a recognition so that you can become eligible for, for example, these uh, cultural funds, uh, federal funds, and get the actual recognition that you've been seeking for so long. That's That's the total effect of the bill, right? Exactly. Uh, and <clears throat> as an example, uh, the Pensacola News Journal had an article that they had done in 1990, which identified 15 Indian tribes in the Florida Panhandle. And as of today, only six of those tribes are still in existence. So what this bill would do would provide access to the resources uh, to keep uh, many tribes from going extinct. Wow. Which, which again, it's it's a matter of giving you f- official government recognition makes you eligible for these funds, which right now you don't have that official recognition, which is why you can't get access to those funds, which is, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it seems like a no brainer. <laughs> it seems like a really easy thing to do. And I love to see a, uh, a bipartisan group of legislators, Democrats and Republicans in support of this. Um, before we let you go, Dan, I did want to just real quick, make sure that people, we we've talked about it periodically on the show, but one of the things that's been done in Milton already and is coming in uh, in um, uh, Pensacola is some recognitions of some pretty awful things that happened in the past to members of your tribe before. But we are now at least owning up to admitting and commemorating the sites of those horrible things with historic markers, right? That's correct. Um, before I address that, I would like to say that uh, with this bill— Uh, For the first time in 170 years, there would be a pathway for recognition of Indian tribes in the state of Florida. Wow. Uh, And that is since the uh, Florida's Indian Removal Act 
1853. Um, and to address the uh, historic markers, we are so pleased to be working with both the city of Pensacola and the city of Milton. Um, there were two incidents, uh, one in Milton, and the marker has already been put up. It was called the Lumberton incident, where an Indian man was uh, uh, was shot in the leg in the streets of Milton or Lumberton at that time. And, uh, and instead of uh, facing the mob that was coming after him, he pulled his knife and, and uh, cut his own throat mm. rather than endure what was about to happen. And he, as he was uh, dying, he uh, lifted his knife up to his 10-year-old son to motion for him to do the same thing. But the, the mob got to the, the boy before he was able to act. And then they took the man, put a noose around his neck, drug him down to the river and pulled him up underneath the log raft and left him there till he was dead. So that's the, the Lumberton incident. And in Pensacola, at, on Bayou Tahar, uh, around the area of Bayview Park, uh, about three weeks before Andrew Jackson came into uh, Pensacola, there was a group of uh, American soldiers who came down from a fort up in South Bruton, Alabama, came down the Escambia River, came up onto the where Bayview Park is now, and there was a refugee camp of Creek people who had uh, flee, had fleed there to um, be under the protection of the Spanish because their homes kept getting burned out. And uh, so uh, when the soldiers got there, all the warriors were away working or hunting, and there were 30 Creek women and children that were there in the village that day. And the American soldiers uh, landed there at the village and massacred all of the women and children. Oh, my God. Oh. Well, uh, it's it's hard stuff to hear. It's hard stuff to, you know, obviously hard stuff to know happened in, in our area. But we know a lot of awful, horrible things happen. And, um, you know, kudos to the city, both cities, Pensacola and Milton, for finally bringing some recognition to these atrocities and, you know, doing something to keep up public awareness of these things. Uh, again, the bill, if you want to contact your legislator, HB 553, uh, Chief Dan Skyhorse Helms of the Santa Rosa Band of Lower Muskogee. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Thanks for teaching me things that I didn't know. And you are always welcome here uh, for any reason that's uh, relevant to what you do with the tribe, man. I really appreciate it. Well, then I will say Mado, thank you. And there is no word for goodbye in the Muscogee language, so I will say Hatamchi Chatnis, which means I'll see you again. Hatamchi Chatnis. Dang it, say it again. Hatamchi Chatnis. Hatamchi That's as close as I'm getting today. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for the time, <laughs> sir, and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Uh, 653 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Hi, I'm Terrence A. Gross. As many of you know, I am a local board-certified personal injury lawyer, and I have practiced in this community for almost 40 years. Our law firm handles only people that have been injured due to the negligence of another. Join me this Wednesday at 1030 on Pep Talk as we discuss all aspects of personal injury law. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate, from managing staff, growing your business, training new hires, and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. 
As an IRS certified PEO, Avalon HR can help. From running your payrolls, remitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and their HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services, advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. Join Stefan Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College for Boat Smart on the Pensacola Expert Panel this Friday at 10 a.m. Key Marine sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. Have a boating question for Stefan? Then give us a call at 437-1620. It's a dream team, so join them this Friday at 10 a.m. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. All of your local news and talk from dependable host Andrew McKay on your morning drive with Pensacola Morning News 5 to 9 on News Radio 923. National average for gallon of gas, 335, Florida 326. Texas 290 is the best, 479 is the worst in California. In uh, Navarre, east and west of the Walmarts, 315, same price, 317 at the TNC. Uh, at uh, oh, sorry, the uh, Liberty Station. I got my places confused. Sorry, in Tiger Point uh, at the Liberty Station, 323 in Gulf Breeze at the Exxon. In Milton, 305 at the Raceway, 305 in the Pea Ridge Murphy, 309 at the second station. I think that's the Tom Thumb. No, that's the Raceway on Highway 90 going through Pace. Uh, let's see. We got uh, 296 at the Walmart on 9 Mile, 296 at the Murphy in front of the Walmart on US 29. And coming in from the southwest side, looks like we've got 307 at the Shell on Pace and Cervantes. 6.56 on News Radio 92.3. These gas prices brought to you by Pete Moore Volkswagen with the lowest outdoor price on your next new Volkswagen, PeteMoreImports.com. Before we get to David in the newsroom, let's get candy with Traffic on the Fives. All right, that accident on W in Michigan looks like it has been cleared off to the side. Uh, certainly, if you uh, see anything, you have a traffic tip, uh, you can let us know, 437-1620. You can text that in. Watching an accident in uh, J. Well, not a, yeah, it is an accident now. There's debris in the roadway. Highway 4 in Stanton Road in J. And Esperanto Drive, West Michigan Avenue, now showing an accident, and it looks like it's blocked very close to the same area. Of course it is. Again, 437-1620. If you have a traffic tip, news, radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Now to David in the newsroom with our headlines. David? FBI Director Christopher Wray says the Bureau believes that COVID-19 did most likely originate in a Chinese lab. The FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Ray uh, was on Fox News yesterday, also said that China's been doing its best to block efforts to identify the source of the pandemic. Lori Lightfoot is the first Chicago mayor to lose re-election in 40 years now. She conceded last night, congratulated vote getter, top vote-getters Paul Vollis and Brandon Johnson. They'll be facing each other in April in a runoff election. 
And uh, apparently Twitter users around the world are complaining of an outage this morning. The website Down Detector says complaints started surging about 5 o'clock this morning. And uh, both the app and the website were having issues. Now, I just checked, and the website itself loaded for me, but okay. uh, perhaps it's just A day after China scolds Elon Musk for not taking a side on the Wuhan lab leak theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. David, thanks for the <laughs> thanks for the update. Candy, uh, let's, let's do our uh, future news. All right, a quick future news before, where we tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Supreme Court, Biden versus Nebraska, the first of the two cases on the student loan forgiveness program debt forgiveness program who's going to win this first is it going to get standing yes yes is the program going to be struck down yes i agree on both <laughs> i think so um, I mean, although i, I don't think not. it should have standing i think the wrong people came to bring this lawsuit frankly i would vote i would vote uh with who i think is going to be amy coney barrett on a losing 5-4 vote to not grant them standing well then uh, you should run for judge hey, well <laughs> <Just> <laughs> run <kidding>. for judge. <laughs> That's right, oh my surprise. god you don't want me um, no, HB 553, don't. recognition for the um, uh, the the Santa Rosa, Bandalore, Muskogee, and other Indian tribes in Florida. Will That's that happen? Right. Yes. What a great bill. I know. Very simple. Definitely good for Michelle Salzman for running it. HB 999, uh, the uh, the bill by Alex Andrade, another uh, national news controversy bill to eliminate uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion stuff at the colleges to eliminate critical race theory, queer studies, or gender studies anyway, intersectionality, all that. Will that bill pass? Nope. I think that it will, but it'll be tied up in litigation. That'll definitely be one that'll be litigated for sure. All right. uh, We'll be back in just a moment. Stick around. Thanks so much for listening. Local news every hour and breaking news when it matters most. 